Well, thank you, Dwayne, for the worship this morning. You still got it, bro. <laughs> One of the greatest hires I ever made at this church was bringing Dwayne Stroud and his family here to Lindsay Lane. I wasn't sure the first few months. <laughs> but once I got to know you, brother, I tell you, I, I love you, man. I really love you. Now, he's, a, he's just what this church needed, I felt like, a really energetic and really puts passion into the music. And so the choir and orchestra, thank you so much for leading us to worship this morning. I'm glad to be back home. I've been out. I've been preaching some the last uh, couple of weeks. I'm preaching the entire month on Sundays in February. God's still using us in the ministry, and I'm still working with North American Mission Board part-time, and so I get to serve churches and pastors in that capacity as well. But there's no place like home. Dorothy said it well, right? When she clicked those slippers, there's no place like home. And I believe that I love Lindsay Lane. My family's here. My church family's here. And I love this great church. I love our pastor. Isn't he awesome? Pastor Andy John is doing a great job. Amen. I really love our pastor. He's leading by example today. He's over him and his wife, Brittany, at the children's church. They're leading children's church today. And so he's leading the staff and the leadership here by example. And I really appreciate that about him. I don't know if we need to pray for the kids today or him, right? We need to be in prayer for them. But anyway, I appreciate our pastor. He's doing a phenomenal job of leading our church and also preaching the gospel. You know, we talked about that in our Connect group this morning. You know, a lot of churches aren't hearing the gospel like we're hearing here at Lindsay Lane. You're hearing the word and you're being challenged. And I told them, we don't grow until we're challenged. You know, if you're challenged, you're going to grow and put application to what you're hearing. So I really appreciate our passion that our pastor has, his preparation in the gospel, and certainly his preaching. He's been preaching some powerful messages. And I've been listening to those when I've been here. Uh, and uh, in the last month, he was in the book of Ephesians. And so he was preaching through Ephesians. I was supposed to preach last month until I got COVID. Amen. I dodged COVID for almost two years, but I finally, Patch and I both got it. So I didn't get to preach this message last month. So those powerful messages our pastors preached from Ephesians chapter four and five really resonated in my heart. So I thought I would really piggyback on what he was preaching in Ephesians. So today, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians chapter two. You know, he was talking about that one of my favorite, the, really the first verse of Scripture I ever learned or memorized when I got saved was 2 Corinthians five seventeen. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things, the old life, even the old nature is passing away, and behold, all things have become new. And so Andy John was preaching in Ephesians talking about how Paul mentioned that we put off the old man, which is the old nature, we put off the old nature and put on the new nature, right? So he talked about that. There's a verse of Scripture that Paul says in Galatians 5.16 that really explains that. It helps me. It says this, If we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now think about that. If we walk in the Spirit, what's that? That's our new nature. That's the divine nature that God has deposited within us. If we walk in that nature... We won't fulfill the other nature, which is the old nature. Now, that's easy preaching, hard living. How do you do that? How do you walk in the Spirit so you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh? Because you're going to have to deal with this old nature till you die. You're going to have to deal with it. 
It raises up every once in a while. I want to give you a couple examples. I love the example that Andy John gave about the two hats. You know, he had a white hat and a gray hat, and he put one on, then the other, and then he put both of them on because we've got to deal with both, right? So I want to give you a couple examples of my own I want to give you. Here's number one. Here's the first picture I want you to look at. Look at this picture. This is at the national championship game in, uh, in, uh, in India, in Annapolis, and that's me with a hat on, and that's Greg Wise sitting right, right next to me. But you see that arrow, that guy sitting next to me? That's one of the most obnoxious Georgia fans I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> now, I don't know why God does this to me, but every time I go to the Bama game, he puts the opposite fan, the obnoxious fan of the other team, right beside me. And so we're sitting there, some Alabama fans, you're having a good time. This guy comes in and off the bat, he stands up and says, let's go, dogs! And I'm just, oh, he's crazy. And anyway, they, we held him, they punted. He said, we got the best punter. What a punt. Did you see that punt? Blah, blah, blah. And then Alabama, they held us and Alabama punt. He said, what a terrible punter y'all have. Y'all are so overrated. And I mean, he was going on stuff like that. So I, you know, I'm there by new nature. <laughs> And then that old nature, you know, I'm walk, I'm, you know, walking in the spirit. And now the lust of the flesh is coming out. And so finally, he, Alabama got a first down or something. I just stood right in front. I went, first down, first down. Just like that. I did. You can ask Greg. And so, uh, <laughs> Greg's going, this is my pastor. Anyway, my former pastor. And so, uh, finally the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. And I said, why did you do that, idiot? Anyway, so I, I looked over at him. I said, hey, bro, where are you from? He said, well, I'm from Birmingham. He said, my parents are Alabama fans. And we got to talking. He, I'm telling you, he was so calm the rest of the game. He really was. And so it's really, it's really a miracle. <laughs> it is how God works. <laughs> For instance, year before that, I went to the LSU game at, 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 in Tuscaloosa, and I carried my oldest granddaughter, Claire, with me. She went with me, and uh, and uh, Ke- uh, Kerwin Elderman got tickets. Him and his daughter sitting there. We're in the Alabama section, and lo and behold, guess who shows up right behind me with his knees in my back? It's an LSU fan. I'm not just LSU fan. And I'm telling you, he starts going off immediately. He starts screaming and hollering, you know, we got Joe Bird, we're the national champs and all of that. I mean, yelling loud, right in my ears. This motorcycle dude was right beside me. He finally turned around and said something to him, and they kind of got some words. He kept on and on, and he was just yelling and yelling, and finally I'd had enough. I'm walking in the Spirit, but I'm telling you, i got to deal with this old flesh. And so finally, I know Claire sitting there and Kerwin, his daughter, and finally I just stood up and turned around like this. I went, yes, Alabama scored! <laughs> I right in his face. I really did. I'm ashamed of that, but I did it. Anyway... And so, we start talking. I got, Holy Spirit got a hold of me. Here's what I said. You can ask Claire. Turn around and say, listen, I want to apologize to you for screaming at you like that. He said, oh, that's okay, man. It's just a game. We're just having fun. In the rest of the game, I'm telling the rest of the game, he was just as calm, and me and him was high five, everything. It was just I mean, unbelievable. What the Bible says, if we'll walk in the Spirit and yield to the Spirit and subdue the flesh... Guess what will come out? The spirit will. And you won't have to deal with that flesh. Here's another picture. Here's another example. I don't have two hats. i got two pictures. This is me 
and my great-granddaughter, Ivy Jane. Isn't she an angel? She's also a little devil at times, <laughs> to be honest. And here's why. You say, because well, when she doesn't get her way, you know what she does? She bows up. She just starts, Wah! and then she'll do like this. She'll, she'll hit her to mama sometimes. So where did she get that from? Her daddy? No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, and her mama. And she really got it from Adam and Eve. Right? Her great, 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 great grandparents. Not me, but them. Adam and Eve. So you say, how, did, what is, how does that happen? It happened to all of us. All of us inherited the old nature, the sinful nature from, our, from Adam and Eve when they sinned. We inher- we're born with that. That's why little Ivy Jane can bow up when she gets mad and hit because she inherited that. She was born with that nature. And so were you. And by the way, your little child's not an angel either. Just go work in the nursery. <laughs> they inherited that. They really did. And so we got to understand that. So with that said, I want you to, want you to turn to uh, chapter 2 of Ephesians. And I want us to see something today. I want us to see how God transforms our old nature into his new nature that he deposited within us. And what's going on inside of us? How does all of this work to help us to be good Christians and have good testimonies and don't blow it like Pastor Dusty did some when we don't just we realize what's happened to us? See, you can do better when you know what's happening to you. When you understand what's going on inside of you and who you really are, then you can deal with it. A lot of us don't have a clue what's going on. Where does that come from? What, why did I say that? Why did I do that? And so when you understand, that's what I want to help us with today. I want us to understand what's going on within us. So I want to talk today about man's life outside of Christ, the old nature, and man's life inside Christ, which is the new nature. And Paul gives a great contrast, a great uh, analogy, if you will, of those two things. So in Ephesians chapter 2, first I want us to see our life outside of Christ. This is our life, what it looks like outside of Christ. Now look in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. He gives it in those verses. Now I'm going to read from the New King James Version, okay? Here it is. And you, he, Christ, God, made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course or the way of the world, according to who? The prince of the power of the air. That's Satan and the spirit. Now, notice this word spirit is a little s. It's not the big s. That's not the Holy Spirit. It's the little s, which means your, in, your inner being. This is who you are. This is your human being. The little s, the little spirit, is your human being. The big s is God's spirit in you, which is a spiritual being that you become. So that's very important you understand that. Watch it. He said, this is what he said, the prince of the air who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves, what? In the lust of the flesh. That's the old nature. Fulfilling the desires of our flesh. We want it. We're going to get it. We desire it. We want to have it. And the the mind. We think it. and, And we were by, watch this. Don't miss it. And we're by nature. Children of wrath, just like the other hellions. 
just like the other Gentiles, just like other people. We were once like that. We were children of wrath. We had the nature of the children of wrath. But now we haven't done it. So this is man's life outside of Christ. We see here uh, uh, really the sinful depravity and the rebellious nature of man outside of Christ. Do you know that outside of Christ, man is basically evil? Outside of Christ, we're bad. We're ugly. We really are. There's none righteous, no, not one. We'll talk about that. But basically, outside of Christ, we're evil people. We're really not good as we think that we are. And so that's why lost people act lost, right? Now, man's condition outside of Christ is alienated from Christ, separated from Christ. We're lost, we're hopeless and undone. Now, the Bible gives a good picture of man's sinful nature. If you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 3, very quickly. Uh, I want you to see this before we go on. It'll help you. Romans chapter 3, Paul gives a great picture of what man's life outside of Christ looks like. And this is what we look like in sin. Look in verse number 9. Romans 3 verse 9. What then? Are we, are we better than they? No, he says. For we are all presently charged, both Jew and Greek, that, that they are all under sin, as it is written. And watch this. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They all have turned aside. They all together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb or scepter. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of the asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet is swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. They, look at this. In peace, they, they have no peace. They don't know no peace. There is none that fear God before their eyes. That's a great picture of sin. And that's people who are outside of Christ. They're alienated from God. We're sinful. We're evil as sinners. The Bible says in Romans 3, 23, all have sinned. All of us once walked in that realm. We all walked in the way of the world before we became a Christian, if you will. And so we're outside of Christ. We're sinful. And I'm going to give you three words that help us with this. Number one's corpse. Corpse. Now look in verse one. It's found there in verse one, this first, first word. And you, look at this, Christ, he made alive who once were dead in trespasses and sin. Now some of you watch that show, Walking Dead. Why? I'll never know. But anyway, we, that walking dead, these zombies walking around and all that, that's the way we are before Christ. We're just walking dead people. We're breathing, we're breathing, but we're really not alive. We're dead in our sins and our trespasses. And that's what he says about their corpse. They really are. They're walking dead. Our, our old nature really doesn't respond to the, to, to the religious things or spiritual things, let me say. Our old nature doesn't respond to spiritual things. And neither do they. 1 Corinthians 2, 14. Uh, the natural man doesn't love the things of God. They're foolish to him, to them. They can't understand it because it's spiritually discerned. That's why some at your workplace, some at your school, some in your own family, they think you're a nutcase. They think you're a Jesus freak because you mentioned the Bible, because you love Jesus. You go to church on Wednesday nights or Sunday morning or connect groups. They think, well, that's crazy. I'm going to do this. 
And so they don't understand spiritual things. They don't understand those kind of things. I didn't either before I met Christ. I didn't understand all of this, why we do this, why we live the way we do. And so I was a corpse. I was a walking dead. When you go to the funeral home, the corpse is there. There's no appetite. The corpse doesn't eat or drink. The corpse doesn't feel any more pain. You know why? Because it's dead. It's a corpse. It's not sick. It's dead. That corpse is dead. The spiritual faculties are not functioning anymore. Why? Because there's no life. There's no life in a corpse, right? It's dead. It really is. It reminds me of a... Uh, and by the way, they don't need recitation. They need resurrection, right? They need to be resurrected. And so uh, I read about a Sunday school teacher. She was teaching her class on how to live a good te- leave a good testimony. When you die, I want you to leave a good testimony. So she asked him this question. She said, when you die... What's the one thing that you want people to say about you when you're dead? And so little Mary jumped right, raised her hand. Little Mary said, well, I want people to know that I was a Christian. Well, that's good, little Mary. That's a good thing. Little Billy raised his hand. All right, little Billy, what do you want people to say about you when you die? And little Billy said, well, I want them to know I've done some good things while I was alive. She said, well, that's very good. In the back of the class, guess who raised his hand? <laughs> little Johnny. All right, little Johnny, what do you want people to say about you when you die? He said, I want them to say, look, he's moving. (laughs) Amen. Well, lost people are moving, but they're dead. Inside, they're dead. They act dead. They act mean. They say things. They do things because they have no life. There's really no life in them. They're pursuing it. They're pursuing the drug. They're pursuing everything they can find to fulfill something in them that nothing in this world can fulfill. They're dead. They're a corpse. And we got to realize that. They're dead without Christ, outside of Christ. We're dead. Second word is course. Look in verse 2. Here it is. In which you once walked according to the course of the world. Now, some translations say according to the ways of the world. That's the course of the world. We've all been on that course. It's the direction of the world. That's where the world's headed as a whole. It's a way of the world. By the way, it's a dead-end street. The Bible says broad is the road that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to Christ. Many are on that road to destruction. They're on a dead-end street because they're following the course of the world outside of Christ. And so their attitude and their nature comes out and we see that and we don't like that and I hope you remember we were once walking that same road before we met Jesus just like Paul on the road to Damascus he met Jesus changed his religion changed everything lost his religion got a relationship with Christ man has three enemies in this world don't miss this there's three enemies all of us have to deal with number one the world the world's distraction, the culture, the world offers all this stuff that we're fascinated with. Now the internet, we see all this stuff. And the world's distraction. Number two, the devil, the devil's darts. The devil's throwing every dart at us, trying to give us a carrot, trying to help us to get away from what we believe and away from Christ or whatever, or chasing the world. And then thirdly, flesh, fleshly desires. And by the way, we all have them. 
We all have them. Those fleshly desires that we have to really let the Holy Spirit subdue in our life or to get us off track or off the road that leads to Christ, right? So we can get off the road. The third word I want to give you is condemned. It's found in verse 3. So we're a corpse, and then on the wrong course, and condemned. Look at it, verse 3. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, the old nature, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of what? Wrath. The NIV version says the, the desire nature of the wrath. They're, they're desiring that nature. And so uh, as we look at that, we need to understand that old nature can lead us to places we really don't want to go. And so unbelievers, unbelievers are condemned already. You say, where do you get that? I get it out of the Bible, John three eighteen. Those who are in Christ are not condemned. But those who are outside of Christ are condemned already. They're condemned already because they're, they're hellions. They're, they're dead in their sin and disobedience and their trespasses. So they're outside of Christ. And outside of Christ, by the way, we're all condemned outside of Christ. Amen and amen. There's none righteous, no, not one. And the Bible says by our very nature, listen to this, our human nature we're born with, and by our fleshly, old nature, we're condemned. Why? Because we were born into sin. We have a sinful nature. We're bent towards sinning. Where did those kids learn that? They were born with it. It's their nature. We're bent towards sinning. That's why we need a new direction. That's why we need a new God in our life. Not the God of this world, but the God that we know, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's a sad picture it really is. That's a sad picture of man's life outside of Christ. But that's bad news, right? But here comes the good news. Amen and amen. Look in verse 4. I love these two words. But God. See, man's life and the old nature and our, in our, our, in our fleshly nature is condemned outside of Christ. God knows that. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God had a plan. He had a plan for you and I. He sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that an awesome thing when we look at that? But God. What a difference those two words make in our life. What does it mean, but God? Here's what it means. But God, in His grace and in His mercy, He stayed our execution and our sentence. Listen. I just told you, we're children of wrath. We're condemned. The verdict? Guilty. Freddie, you're guilty. And you're bound for hell because of your sin and disobedience. But God, (laughs) He stepped in. He stayed your execution. He paid your ransom. And He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for mankind's sin and disobedience that whosoever would believe in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Isn't that awesome? Second Peter 3, 9, God's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Did you know that God wants you to be saved? Did you know that God desires for you to be saved? Did you know that God made a plan for you to be saved? 
You don't even, you weren't even aware of that. You were dead, walking in a, as a corpse in the course of the world. You're condemned. But now God's got a plan to save you, to pay the ransom for that sin. He did that through Jesus Christ. That's the good news today. You see, Paul says that God built a bridge. He gives us verses 1 through 3. Watch this, man's life outside of Christ. And now he comes to the bridge that shows us man's life inside of Christ. Here's why. You're, in, you're born into your old nature. That's your first birth. Everybody in here, everybody in the world has that first nature. You have that old nature. Everybody was born with it. But those of us who have the new nature, we've been born again. We've been born again. We've been born in the Holy Spirit of God through Jesus Christ. He, born, he, he birthed us from the inside out by placing His Spirit within us. So we've been born again. So now let's talk about man's life inside Christ. What does Paul say? Look in verse 4. Here it is. Verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when, even when, even when... We were dead in trespasses. Watch, oh, I love this. He made us alive together with Christ. We were a corpse, dead. A lot of people had our funeral already. Wrote us off. But do you know that Jesus will make you alive in Christ? By His grace, His love, and by His mercy. Look at it. Verse number 6. It goes further than that. Watch this. And raised us up together and made us set together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Watch this. That in the ages to come, he might show or demonstrate the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Wow. See what a contrast from verse 1 through 3. The old man outside of Christ, and now verse 4 through 7, a man's life inside of Christ. See, God has a position for you. He's positioned you in Christ. If you'll only believe and trust Him and allow Him to change your life and your heart, you've got to change your heart and your mind, how you're thinking in that old nature, and start thinking about Christ and your future and where you're going to spend eternity. And so He does that, and He does something very supernatural. He transforms your life. He takes you from being a corpse. In verse 5 said, he makes you alive. Now, you've been walking around dead for long enough. I did it for 27 years. I don't know how long you've been walking around as a zombie and a dead person, but I'm telling you, without Christ, you're dead. You're dead. There's no life in you, really. When you die, you're going to a place where there's no life except torture and torment. And in Christ, He made a way for us, even though we were children of wrath, of the old nature, we've been transformed supernaturally to be children of God in our new nature. I'm telling you, that's good news. That's good news. And so we see that. We've been made alive. He deposit How does He do that? He puts His Holy Spirit in us. We already got the little s. We already got the human nature, human being. But when you get saved, you're born again, you become a spiritual being. He puts the big S in you. That's the Holy Spirit of God. That's how you know you're alive. Because the Spirit comes in. Sin goes out. The bent towards sinning goes out. And the Spirit of God comes in. 
It's an awesome th thing to experience that, by the way. It really is. And so God loves you that much. Verse 4, he's rich in mercy. In verse 7, he's the riches of his grace. He's got both. He's got mercy and he's got grace. He's got enough to go around too, by the way. If you'll only believe and trust in him. For by grace we have been saved through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you notice this word raised? Two words. I want to give you two more words. Here they are. Raised. Look in verse 6, 5 and 6. Even when we were dead and trespassed to sin, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together with Jesus. He's at the right hand of the throne. We're going to be with him. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not far away. <laughs> I'm looking forward to being with Jesus. I really am. I'm going to be raised up, man. That's awesome. You see, Christ was raised from the dead in the grave for us. He's the first fruit of the resurrection. Because he was raised, you and I are going to be raised. That's why Paul says we've got to put on Christ. Put off the old nature. Put off that sin. Repent. Confess it. And say, Christ, I want you in my heart. I accept you as my Savior. That's what it means to put on Christ. You don't only put on Christ, you put in Christ. He comes into your heart through the Holy Spirit of God. That's how you get saved. Let me share, let me share this with you. Look in, a, or just listen to this. You don't have to turn there. Listen to Romans chapter 6. I love this passage of Scripture. This is Romans chapter 6, verse 4 through 6. Therefore, we were buried with Christ through baptism. We just saw that. Right? We were buried with Christ through baptism into death. We were buried into His death. That's why we have baptism. It's a picture of salvation. We go under the water. We're in a grave, a watery grave, just like Jesus died and put in a tomb. It's symbolic that when we baptize, we're dead with Christ. But we don't stay in that water. What happens? We're raised up. Look at what it says and listen to this. I'm just reading it. You just listen, right? Under death. That just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. You're dead, but now you have newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly, Paul says, we shall also be together in the likeness of His resurrection. See, I was dead in my sin. I was baptized. I was baptized by the Holy Spirit of God first. Then I got baptized by water. I was baptized in my closet before I got to the water, before I got to the church. I got saved before I got to church. I got saved before I got baptized. You know why? Because Jesus saves. Do y'all say amen here anymore? <laughs> amen. I was baptized in, in the Holy Spirit of God. I knew I was a Christian. I couldn't wait to get to church. I couldn't wait to get in the baptismal pool because I already knew that Jesus saved me. It wasn't the church. It wasn't membership. It wasn't a baptism. It wasn't good works. It's all because of Jesus. He made a difference in my life and changed me from a dead corpse to made me alive in Christ, put me in a pulpit out of the pit of, of gambling, out of a pit of a hellion life. Changed me. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm preaching. It's a lifestyle. This is life we're talking about. It's not a sermon. It's not even a message. It's life we're talking about here. It's your life. It's my life. In Christ. In Christ. That's how you have life. Oh, I wish people could understand it. I really do. You see, when Jesus died, we died. When he was buried, we were buried. When he was resurrected, we were resurrected. He's alive, I'm alive. 
That's the formula, right? It really is. And I was made alive. I'm telling you, I know what this text means. I was a corpse. I was a hellion. But in 1979, on October the 30th at 3 o'clock in the morning, I was made alive. My wife got a new husband. My daughter got a new daddy. Church got a new member. And God got a preacher because he made me alive. I was blind as blind could be. I was in that old nature living for the world and the American dream. I was pursuing something that nothing could fulfill but what Christ did in my heart. And I'm telling you, when I've been on my face that morning and cried out to Christ, he supernaturally transformed my life and my wife and our marriage. And I'm telling you, it's real. It really is. And I'm telling you, what happened to you? See, I'd been born once. Oh, in December the 5th, 1952, I was born. I got born again October 30th, 1979. I got two births. Do you? Do you? Can you say it? When were you born again? Do you know it? Do you have life? Are you pursuing life? Are you chasing the world? What are you looking for? Do you really want life everlasting when you die? I'm telling you, you can have it. You can have it. Well, how does all this work? Let me give you a good example. My wife was born Patsy Joe Holland. That was her name. Her name was Patsy Joe Holland. Then on July the 20th, 1973, she married me. And things began to change. <laughs> you know what changed? Her name. Her name changed. Even though she's Patsy Joe Holland, on July the 20th, 1973, she got a new name. She got a new life. She got a husband. Things changed. She's no longer called Patsy Joe Holland. She's now called Patsy Joe McLemore. Because she got a new life and a new husband and new But let me ask you, is she still Patsy Joe Holland? Yes. She'll always be Patsy Joe Holland because she was born Patsy Joe Holland. That's her old nature. You don't get rid of it. You don't lose it. You're born with it. But in 1973, she got a new name. She got a new name. She got a new husband, all that stuff. She got a new name. No longer is she called Patsy Joe Holland. That's, you know why? You know why? Because that's not who she is. She's Patsy Joe McLemore. So why are we walking around in the old nature saying, oh, this is just who I am? No, that's not who you are. You got saved. You got changed. Don't go back and call yourself in that old nature. Well, that's just who I am. My daddy cussed, I cussed. My daddy drank, I drank. Why? You got power over that crap. Oh, I'm sorry. Stuff. <laughs> sorry, Andy John. <laughs> I'm retired now. Amen? But anyway. <laughs> stuff still comes out. By the way, I had not forgot how to cuss. Did y'all know that? You know why? I still got my old nature. I can cuss like a saint if I want to. You know what the difference is? I don't want to anymore because I got a new nature. I got a new name written down in glory. Can I get a witness? A new name written down in glory. That's not who I am anymore. I'm not the old dusty Macklemore. I still got him, but that ain't who I am. I don't call myself that anymore either. I call myself a child of God. I'm a Christian. And I'm walking in the Spirit so I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh.
Every day I have to pray, God, help me. I pray that. Help me walk in the Spirit so I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh because I know, I know me, I know the old Dusty Macklemore can come out at any time, like at a ball game. I know that can come out. So I have to walk in the Spirit, remember who I am. I'm not him anymore. I'm Dusty Macklemore, a child of God. Amen? What time is it? I'm glad they got that up there. Now, I used to have it down here, but I'm through. I really am. Now, you see, I'm telling you, I want to give you this verse of Scripture because this, this is one of my favorite passages. I want you to listen to it, okay? I'm closing. This is it. I'm closing. I like to close, right? I close five or six times. Anyway, I'm closing for real. Here it is. If then, Colossians 3, 1 through 3. I don't think I got it on the board. It may have that. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Here it is. Listen, just listen. If then... If you're a Christian, if then we were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your sight, mind, on the things above and not on the things of the earth. For you died. <laughs> Remember? You died. And your life, your new nature, is hidden with Him with the Christ in God. Somebody asked me this a couple of times. What's the key to living the Christian life, Dusty? I know you're Christian now. You had this hell. You got testimony, wrote a book, compulsive gambler, did all that stuff you can think of. I'm ashamed of. How do you live the Christian life, really? I got to deal with this flesh. I work in it. You don't know my boss. You don't know my wife. You don't know my husband. You don't know what I got to deal with. Yeah, I do. I had to deal with that. But listen, so how do you live it? Colossians 3, 1 and 3, you need to write that down and go back and read it again. Here's how you do it. Your life was dead, and now you're in Christ as a Christian. You were raised with Him. You're going to be raised with Him forever. Now listen, so why don't you set your mind and your thoughts on the things above and not on the things of the earth? Because you're going to spend eternity with Christ. You better start thinking about it. And don't be so caught up in the world and the world stuff. We all chase that American dream. We really do. I told my Sunday school class this morning, my connect group. I said, you know what? The older I get, the less stuff matters. The older you get, the less this stuff in this world matters. Because it's fading away. Somebody else is going to get it. Somebody else is going to drive it. Somebody else is going to live in it. Believe me. And we work our tails off to get it. And we're focused on the things here and not on the things above. And when you learn to get your mindset and mentality of thinking on spiritual things and not the worldly things, it's going to help you live the Christian life a lot better. You'll be a better testimony too, by the way. It really works, by the way. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, and now I can see. That's what God's grace will do for you. When I get to heaven, and I'm going, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be in the presence of the saints. Brother Freddie, you think about that? I'm going to be in the presence of Abraham. I'm going to be in the presence of Noah. I'm going to be in the presence of Moses and David and Peter and Paul and on and on. 
But listen to this. I'm going to also be in the presence of a prostitute named Mary Magdalene. I'm going to be in the presence of a deranged man named Legion. I'm going to be in the presence of a beggar named Lazarus and cripples. I'm going to be in the presence of a thief on the cross. That's grace. That's grace. There's room at the table for you. If you'll only believe Him and trust Him, there's room for alcoholics. There's room for compulsive gamblers. Yeah, we're going to be up there with the big dogs. We're going to be up there with everybody got saved. We're on level ground with Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to close with this quote. I love Max Licato's writings. He said this, You may be decent. You may pay taxes and kiss your kids and sleep with a clean conscience. But apart from Christ, you aren't holy. So how do you get to go to heaven? Only believe. Accept the work already done, the work of Jesus on the cross. You ask, is it that easy? There was nothing easy about it. The cross was heavy, the blood was real, and the price was extravagant. It would have bankrupt you and I, so he paid it for us. Call it simple, call it a gift, but don't call it easy. Call it what it is. Call it grace. Amen? For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works. It's a gift, lest any man should boast. Have you had that gift of eternal life? Have you had that gift of grace? Has God forgiven you of your sins? Have you believed that? Have you accepted that? If you haven't, you need to get saved today, right here, right now. Those watching by live stream, I've invited some of you to come. You said, I can't come watching by live stream. I'm speaking to you. Do you know Christ? Have you ever had a time in your life where you said, Jesus, come into my heart, change me. I've been walking dead person. I'm ready to have life. Why don't you kneel right there in your living room or wherever you are and say, Jesus, come into my heart. I'm going to give you an opportunity to come to the altar and do that. I'll be down here and I'll be here to receive you and maybe some others during the invitation. Randy, why don't you get saved today? Why don't you really find out who you really are? And quit saying, that's who I am. No, that's not who you are. You are a child of God in Christ. So start acting like it. Start living like it. Amen. If you're not a Christian, come and be saved. This would be a good church to join. Got a good pastor. I invite you to come today. Let's pray. Father, hear our prayer, O Lord. God, as we're preparing for an invitation, it's not my invitation, it's your invitation. So, Father, as I prepare, Lord, to give this invitation to anyone and everyone who will call on the name of Jesus, I pray for those who need to be saved, those watching today and those in this room. I pray they would come and receive Christ as their personal Savior before it's everlasting too late. Lord, they don't even understand the life they can have. I didn't. I just got so desperate. I said yes. And I asked Jesus into my heart. He changed my life. Maybe you're desperate today. Maybe you got a lot going on. You need Christ. I invite you to come. Lord, would you draw us? We can't get saved without your Spirit. So would you speak to us today and draw us to you to be saved? Some need to come as Christians. Lord, they're, they're living one way and walking another. And they're not fulfilling walking in the Spirit. They're fulfilling the lust of the flesh. 
The flesh is ruling them right now. Well, they come and just say, hey, Lord, help me to walk in the Spirit so I don't fulfill that old nature. That's not who I am. I'm a new child of God. Help me, Lord, to live that. Maybe they need to come. Some want to come and join this church. Whatever your need, God will help you and meet it right here, right now. As we stand, Wayne's going to lead us. We invite you to come right now.